But we know going into the winter season that we have time for those things. We have time for our mechanical crew, if we have one, or ourselves, if we're a one-person one operation, to look at that and decide whether, what, what the solution is. This is a really good time of year, though, to figure out and list all of those things that might have gone wrong. This episode of Voices from the Field is part of Starting a Farm, an occasional series from Rocky L. Woods, director of NCAT's Gulf States Regional Office in Jackson, Mississippi, and Bill Evans, director of horticulture at Uppin Farms Food Hub in Jackson. The series is all about starting a farm. In this episode, the conversation focuses on the importance of reviewing the last growing season and planning the next, along with strategies and topics farmers should address in the process. Let's listen. My name is Rocky Woods, and I'm the Gulf State Regional Director for the National Center for Appropriate Technology, and I have here today... I'm Bill Evans, and I'm the Director of Horticulture with Up and Farms Grower Services in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay, and today we're going to talk about reviewing your season and planning for the next one. And we're going to cover several topics and several agricultural enterprises because this can coincide with any agricultural enterprise that you're farming. So we want to start off by discussing some issues and some things that we want to help you, the farmer, farmer excuse me, get better with your farm and future ventures. So, Dr. Evans, I want to start off with asking you, why review and plan? Well, it's like any business, Rock, and, 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 and we do that in our business. You do that, and Kat and I do that with Up and Farms. We always review what, where we've been and what we've done, and we look toward the future to try and plan uh, the future so that we can sort things out. We can figure out what we did well that in, in our last endeavors, in our last work, uh, maybe what we didn't do so well or what went wrong. Sometimes it's something we can correct. Sometimes it's something we can't help, like a weather event. And that's the kind of thing we do. We also, it's a business. And I don't know about you, but I want my farm to make money. Right. I can't afford for it to be a charity. I'm part of the community and I serve my community, but I can't continue to serve my community if I don't make money. So I want to make sure that I've reviewed properly what's gone on in the past money-wise so that I can plan properly for the future money-wise. So in reviewing and planning, let's look at what went well and what went not so well. You made mention of that earlier. When you, when you say what went well and what n went not so well, give me some examples so we can share with the farmers. Well, as, as we're just getting into this, that's a great general question. Right? That's, I, I think that's a really good general question for us. As we're sitting around in the evenings, as the season winds down and the last crops are in the barn, days are getting shorter and things, so we have more time in the evening just to think. We think about this stuff. What went well? Did we increase the gain rate of our animals if we're an animal farmer? Did we run out of hay during the drought in the middle of the summer? That would be something that didn't go so well. If we were a tomato farmer, did we control insects and diseases and bring in a really good crop this year? If we have a market farm, did we have enough supply of our own goods at a reasonable price that we made money on our market farm? What about our marketing plants? All these things are things that we can think about whether they went well or they didn't go well. What about employees? Was I able to attract employees? Was I able to retain employees? What about supplies? There were some supply issues this year. Let's make, you know, I want to, I'm going to make some notes about this stuff if I'm a farmer or a rancher, and I'm going to give it some serious thought, and I'm going to engage other people in my business when I'm making these uh, things. I don't know about you, but I like to bring the team in and, uh, and have discussions about the, the stuff that's relevant to them. If they spent the whole summer fussing because the air conditioner didn't work in the truck, 
we need to make sure we write that down at the end of the season. If we didn't have time to fix it during the summer, we need to make sure that next year that the workers are, you know, that they, yeah, that if we're going to fix that truck, that we get that done in the winter. All that right. sort of thing. Okay. So let's, let's look at this topic. What went wrong? So we said what went well and, and what went not so well and what went wrong. So let, let's talk about when farmers think about what went wrong. And let's just say I'm a farmer. I finished the season out and I didn't have a not so good season. And I look at you, you made mention of the air conditioner may need fixing in the truck uh, because it was hot all year. I, let's look at how could I if I didn't make good, how can I get that taken care of? Well, we can take that one example. And obviously, the solution to that is we either got to fix the air conditioner or we got to get a new truck or we have to live with a broken air conditioner. That, that, that's, that's the thing. But we know going into the winter season that we have time for those things. We have time for our mechanical crew, if we have one, or ourselves, if we're a one-person one operation, to look at that and decide what, what, what the solution is. This is a really good time of year, though, to figure out and list all of those things that might have gone wrong. When you do farming operations... Um, you know, what were some of the problems you had this summer with some of the farming stuff that you were involved in? Right. I, I, when I often think about it, I, I think about when a piece of equipment actually broke down, I had to kind of kind of rig it enough to take me out through the season. And now that it's, that it's over with now, the season is over, I have to get that piece of equipment fixed because, you know, you know tying something or duct taping it, just so it can There's last. There's only so much that bailing wire can do, right? Exactly. So exactly. much that bailing wire can exactly. do. Exactly. So, so those are some of the things I often think about. Let me go ahead and try and get this fixed right now before, you know, next year. So when the season comes around, I don't have this problem to think about. And you mentioned that you didn't, you know, when the piece of equipment that you're talking about, you know, when it broke down, you just kind of piecemealed it back together and, and you were able to get through the season on it, which is awesome because that, 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 that's, that at least gets you through the season. But one of the things we've got to think about it as we're doing this review is what we did get done and what we didn't get done. Right. That could be you know, what crops you, you grew and harvested, what facilities you maintained or fixed, mm-hmm. uh, what markets you entered or didn't enter. All those things are, are possibilities. Can you think of a couple of other things that might be accomplishments or lack of accomplishments? I got a couple back in the back of my head. But there's a few areas I haven't covered. Well, yeah, some of the areas I like to cover. I, I know when I when I would go down and work with my dad, he had a uh, the tractor, for example. Uh, it would it would jump out of gear. You know, we could be in mid force working in the fields. You know, sometimes in the evenings I go work with him, and it would just jump out of gear. So I'd find myself in a neutral gear, trying to finish up that particular field. And then what I do was to keep it from jumping out of gear, I'd use a bungee cord to kind of tie it so that gear could stay in place until I finish. But at the end of the, you know, it's winding down now. And I talked to my dad, asked, well, we're going to fix it. And, you know, he, he said, well, yeah, we'll get around to it. So, you know, uh, those are some of the things that we want to be able to say, hey, let's go ahead and fix this now. So we won't have this problem next yeah, year. Yeah, be careful with that sort of thing because that becomes a safety thing. And uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't want you, I, I, we got to do more of these podcast rocks. Yeah, we can't, know, right. we can't have, we can't have you falling out like that. So, oh, yeah. So <laughs> just, but, and, but that's that goes to some of what we're talking about here, though, is prioritizing things. Right. It may have been that you guys could work that, and it didn't. It really wasn't a safety thing because you didn't run the, as big as it would be if you were running it on the track on on a road, or if there was a risk that it coming out of gear was going to jump into gear, which would be worse actually than coming out of gear. Exactly. The tractor slowing down isn't 
usually as dangerous as tractors speeding up. Uh, so things like that. Some other one of the things that we don't often get to during the season is the business side of things. Is the back office side of things. Right. Keeping track of your accounting, keeping track of your sales and your expenses, keeping track of of maintenance schedules on things and and completing maintenance schedules. That's something to evaluate as we're going through all of this this think this review and planning for the next season stuff too. I think. Yeah, because you have to plan your accounting in order to know whether you, if you're getting loans or if you're going to be loans to borrow money or if you if you're going to be planning to buy your supplies for the next season you want to be able to have all of it whether it's hay whether it's seed whether it's uh, fertilizers insecticides or herbicides you have to think about all of that in in advance when planning for the next year so you're absolutely correct when you're talking about planning for that that's like a budget for next year yeah yeah i i think the business side of this is very important i also think that you know the human side of this is important too. Right. Every farm is different, and every farmer is different. Every rancher is different. And now is a great time of year to to ask yourself, what would you like to be doing more of? What would you like to be doing less of, either day to day or through the season? And then you can use that as part of the discussion in within your own head and with your team to try and come up with some strategic ideas for the future of the farm and at least for the next season. In reviewing stuff, I think that's pr- pretty critical. What's the what's your least favorite part of farming? Uh, my least favorite part of it. Well, maybe not your least. How about something that you just you you always tend to put off? What's something you like to put off, or a lot of farmers like to put off? Well, the record keeping portion of it is definitely a lot of farmers like to don't like to keep records. Nobody likes paperwork. That's number one. Nobody wants to sit down at a desk or at a computer and write or type in. The expenses to be able to do that, I mean, it's, 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 it's boring. Paperwork is boring. Paperwork is boring, and planning can be boring, too. But well, a little bit of planning is going to make you money. Now, what about something you really like to do, or most farmers really like to do on the farm? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, driving the tractor. Right, they like to be out on the land. They like to be out they on like the to, land. They exactly. like to be out on the land. And, of course, you know, uh, your recreational tillage is a thing that, that, that we talk about um, this year. Uh, there's a new thing to go with no shave November, no till November, and asking farmers to consider no till and reduce tillage practices. But you can actually review this stuff if you want to be out on the farm more. But you know that extra tillage is just using extra fuel, using time that you could be doing something else, and putting wear and tear on your tractor because tractors only have so many hours of life. Then maybe this is a time to think: Well, how can I get that experience of being out on the field? Without maybe doing, you know, what kind of substitute for recreational tillage? Right. I don't know. So let's talk about a few other specific areas that we need to, we need to plan uh, and we need to review and we need to plan. Okay. So the first one I think, let's talk about equipment. Okay. Preventive maintenance. That's one of the, the, the key things that we want to talk about with equipment with farmers. Preventive maintenance. And one of the things that it, it's kind of self-explains itself is... You're preventing yourself from having to provide maintenance to it when you're working. Or you can switch it another way and say the maintenance you do on it now would avoid you from having to do the work on it later. Yeah, there's that old commercial, uh, you can pay me now or pay me later. If you remember that old car commercial, that old car service commercial, you can pay me now or pay me later. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that is one of the things that tends to fall through the cracks when when farmers are 
in busy season is the preventive maintenance. But if you remember that rainy days are great days for maintenance and that it is important to check over equipment before you take it to the field, especially do your greasing and fueling in a timely manner and use good fuel and good greases. <laughs> and then now is the time to plan all the winter maintenance, oil changes that need to be done. Fuel, check, checking your filters. Checking and changing all the filters that might need to be checked and changed. Uh, tires and rubber and hoses. And, and inspecting wiring and testing batteries. All that stuff is great winter activities that can be part of this evaluation process now so that we can add it to the schedule for the winter. There's all kinds of equipment on the farm. There's everything from tractors, combines, and, and, and harvest equipment. Then there's pull-behind implements, discs, and harrows, and fertilizer spreaders, and sprayers. All of those have their own unique things, and all of them should be part of this discussion of equipment, what went well last year, and what you're getting ready to do next year. Bill, let's let's kind of elaborate on, on, on labor. Let's talk about when you're planning for labor for the next year. Let's talk about what you had before, what you plan to have for the next season. Dive into that for me, the labor issue. Well, some of the folks listening today are one-person operations, and there's only one of them. But labor considerations for them are just as important as they are for a farmer that's farming 4,000 acres and has a staff of 15 people plus consultants. It's the same kind of thing. You can't be overburdened as an individual farmer or as an owner-operator or as a staff member on a farm. You can't be overburdened. So you have to evaluate were there jobs that got done, were there jobs that didn't get done, were there jobs that could be done better or jobs where we need a skilled person where maybe we didn't have a skill. Or maybe there's someone that has a skill that we didn't use well. Maybe we found out in August that one of the farm workers actually has a diesel mechanic certification that we didn't know about. You never know. Then there's the whole side of the, the actual number of people. Most farms tend to be understaffed. We tend to try and do too much for too few people. In reality, most business people will say a what they call in business a right-sized organization. I mean, it has the right number of employees for the right for the amount of hours of work that needs to be done. That is much more efficient than having something that fewer people on the on the job than you need. So now is a great time to say, well, I had enough in this crew. I didn't have enough in this crew. I had enough to har I had enough to plant, but darn it, when it got to harvest, I really need to figure out how I can get three or four more part-time folks in there for harvest or harvest smarter or space my crops out more. It becomes really integrated in its thinking. But people are one of the most expensive things on the farm, right? That's correct. So that leads us to think about money on the farm. Correct. Right? That leads us to thinking about money. Where did our money go this last year? Where did it come from when we made money? Was that efficient? Were the numbers, did they have the margins, the profit that we need? to keep going. What happens if my goal for, maybe now is the time to set a goal for next year. Maybe I want to shrink the farm because I'm getting old. Maybe I want to expand the farm because I'm, I'm just hitting my stride. And I've, I've learned some stuff this last year and I've, I'm renting another three acres and all of that I'm intending to put into you know tomatoes or whatever it might be. So let's look um, at it from the legal aspect of it. Since we're talking about money, we're talking about people, what are some of the legalities that we're running into on the farm or that we need to set? in place for the farm you lease or do you own your land it's family land so i'll okay, so sometimes you guys own it. So yeah, the family yeah. owns it yes so a lot of folks have family land and and it's owned in the family a lot of folks have a corporate setup 
many folks are leasing their land, whether it be in a corporate setup or a family setup, they're leasing land. So that's a legality that needs to be considered. Is that working for you? Now is the time to think about that. Are there leases that are expiring that we need to renew or consider moving to other land? Um, I know a lot of vegetable farmers, they'll lease because they they don't own their land. They'll rent patches of land and they rent different land every year because they're only growing one or two crops and they don't have the ability to rotate the crops. So they rotate the leased land. And so they'll lease a land, say, for a tomato patch for a year or two. Then they'll lease a different patch the next year. And the landowner who had that tomatoes for two years, they'll go back and put something else on it, like a hay pasture or something. So land is a legal issue. Ownership is a legal issue. You just said you had a family deal. The, the corporate structure is a, is a legal issue. Were there any were there any legal actions against the farm this year? Did anyone get hurt and sue the farm? Heaven forbid, knock on wood. What about air properties? There's a lot of that in small and especially minority landowners. There's a lot of air property issues, but it's not exclusive to those communities where the land has been passed down from generation to generation and it's gotten the parcels are small or there's liens against them and things like that. Then what about things like insurance? Are you insured properly? Are you sa- were you able to save any money this year to invest in the farm in the future? Were you able to save any money as a family to invest uh, for retirement and things? Do you have enough money? Did you make enough money this year to to take a vacation this winter? All those things could be thought about among many. I, I noticed you said something earlier about most farms are ran by one person and then most most landowners do the mo, mo, that one person does most of the work. Would you recommend that a farmer have a will or something in place in an event that that one landowner gets sick or he's not able to farm or being in some type of farming accident and uh would you recommend that yeah it's it's very important as you know to have a proper will or trust in place for the passing down of the farm absolutely everyone should have that no matter and you can say well i'm only 25 and i don't need this you still need it as long as you have that you need something for business succession and you need something for family succession and a will and a state you don't want the courts deciding how your farm evolves after you pass and heaven forbid something awful happens and that passing is faster than you think it's going to be. Right. So, so we talked about all the necessary needs for the farm and what you should do, what you should plan for. And let's just say I've come to the end of the season. I've did all my maintenance. I've done all my records, my record keeping in my record keeping system. I've did a lot of the work that I need to do. What would be one of the last things that you would do on the farm to try to build yourself up. Well, I think I'll steal your phrase there and say build yourself up. I like that. And I think you'd agree with this. I think there's a lot of training that goes on in the wintertime. We have all of our trade association meetings in the wintertime. Most of them occur in the winter. A lot of uh, universities have extension uh, trainings that go on. So we need we need farm. So so we need lots of training and lots of learning. It's a great time for training and learning and building yourself up and building the farm up, building your staff up. Farm training, growing crops, managing business of the farm, uh, office stuff, safety training, both if you're growing produce and things or, or, or selling, selling human food, you need food safety training on the farm these days. The Food Safety Modernization Act, the Produce Safety Rule, GAP if you're doing certified stuff, certain certifications, you might need someone to be a certified welder 
you might need someone to be certified in, in a food safety system to be a, a um, or you might need certification in GAP, good agricultural practices, to meet a buyer's specification. You never know. A lot of certifications are required by buyers on the food safety side these days. Some certifications are required by law, like the FISMA thing. Every farm now that makes more than $28,000 in produce sales, about, it's roughly that here in 2021, needs to have at least one person uh, that has completed the produce safety rule training from the Food Safety and Modernization Act. And then training in legal stuff, employee relations and and um, uh, payroll and all of that stuff. Someone on the farm needs to be trained in that stuff. Someone needs to know how to pay the government correctly and pay the employees correctly. And then just general farm operations and general business operations. All that stuff is possible in the training. And all of these can be considered during these evaluation and planning sessions. All right. Well, that about concludes what we've talked about today. And uh, is there anything else you want to add, Dr. Evans? No, we, I think we've covered a lot here. This is a this is a first step towards success in the next season. All right, great. Well, I'm Rocky Woods with the National Center for Appropriate Technology, and we hope you've enjoyed our podcast. Uh, be looking for more information as we move forward. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Additional information about this episode and related resources can be found at atra.incat.org. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to Voices from the Field wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Rich Myers. ATRA, Voices from the Field, is produced by the National Center for Appropriate Technology, headquartered in Butte, Montana. It's supported by the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service as part of NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of the USDA or NCAT. We'll catch you again next week, and until then, keep on farming.